Welcome to King Street Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you as much as it has blessed us. If you would like to sow into what God is doing here at King Street Church, head over to kingstreet.church. That's kingst.church. Thanks again for listening, and now on to the message. Would you lift up a shout of thanksgiving to the Lord? Hallelujah. I got a whole message, but it is quarter after 12, and I don't know if it's you waiting on a message. Luke's got his Bible open. You, you ready for it, right? You want, Luke wants me to preach. You want me to preach? <laughs> uh, that's too much pressure, isn't it, Luke? I know. <laughs> oh, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But I do, man, I do feel this. I, I just want to say, this that we are doing, this that the Lord is doing in our midst, I should say, this is worth it. This is worth it. This is absolutely worth it. And, um, and I just, I just want to remind you because it can get easy to get into this place and, uh, and we stop telling the stories. And why do we stop telling the stories? We stop telling the stories because it becomes so normal. And I want it to be normal. I think about all of the miracles that we've seen, and I just think it's, it's the way it should be. But it doesn't mean that we should stop saying that it's the way it's supposed to be. Right? And I think we've got to keep telling those stories. I think about, I hear sometimes testimonies, and I'm thinking, man, I, I, we, don't, we just don't tell the stories often enough. We just don't. We don't tell the stories about all that the Lord has done. We need like a, like a scribe to write down all the testimonies of all the incredible things. I was going to take a vote. Uh, there's only one vote that counts, though, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to take a moment and ask the Lord what we should do. Is that okay? Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your design for us and your desire for us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for all you've done here. And I ask you, to bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bible, jump open real quick. It's gonna be it's gonna have to be quick. But I feel like we're supposed to build upon this um, righteousness thing, and I want to just speak something of faith into you, and I will do it as absolutely quick as I can get you there. Okay, if you got your Bible, I could jump anywhere um, in Romans, but you're gonna go to Romans chapter number. How about let's go to Romans chapter number 4, verse 13, and then we'll go, we'll read down to, I better pick one verse, huh? Um, then we'll read down into 5-5. Five, five. I might just get, Rome, I, I might just get Romans 4-13, and that might be it. I was listening to Dylan's sermon last week. Dylan said, I beat you there. That was good, Dylan. I saw, that was pretty good. Good word last week, Dylan. Uh, we've got our podcast going up. Dylan has been working to um, get our podcast so that it can be, uh, so that you can access all of the messages that have been preached here. 
Um, and you can actually take Luke. You know how he talks on like two? You can turn him down to point five so you can hear all of it. And he'll bless you richly. Uh, I haven't tried it because I'm used to it. Cause, uh, but I, but if you, if you want to go back and listen to that, we're working now to get all of that stuff available to you online so you can go back and listen to all the messages and all the things that the Lord has shared with you, us for the past few weeks. You can't go listen to all of them, but you can hopefully listen to them from here forward. All right, Romans 4.13, if you're there, say amen. Give me 10 minutes. For the promise that he would be heir of the world. Did you read that? For the promise that he would be the heir of the world. Was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. I'll read that again. For if those who are of the law are heirs, then faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. He's, Paul has been writing here for, the, for a long time since the beginning of Romans. He's been writing, really showing the weakness of of the Jewish faith. And he confronts him a bunch of times. It's pretty incredible, actually. So he, he actually confronts him one time and says, here's the thing about your religion is um, you got circumcised, but if somebody that's uncircumcised keeps the law better than you, then you did it for nothing. That's a strange way to live, right? He's, he's like, that's, you, you have to see the weakness of all of this. And he brings it about because what he's trying to do in, or what he's proving is the righteousness that comes by faith. Um, he's, what he's introducing is the way of the new covenant. He's introducing it to the believer. So when he says, if the promise is by the law, if, for, for if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is made of no effect. So what he's basically saying is Abraham received the, the promise even before there was a law. So if the promises that God has promised are going to come by our ability to be obedient, then the promises are, are not in effect because the promises existed before the law and came by faith. So if you want to walk in the promises, it's not going to be because you were obedient enough to get to the promises. It'll be because you moved out of the place of measuring yourself on the scale and moved into the place of believing in faith that everything has been accomplished by Christ Jesus. It's a, it's a, that's what the verse is saying. Not necessarily what I want to point out, but that's what the verse is saying. I want to point out this part. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Um, there are two things that are inseparable in the Bible. I'm going to be really quick with this because I just want to get to the fact that faith matters. But there are two things that are inseparable in the Bible. They are both associated with the resurrection, and they, they are completely inseparable. It is justification or righteousness and hope. These two things are joined together, inseparable, at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the Bible, you cannot have one without having the other. 
to, if you are justified, if you are redeemed, if you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, if you have, there's only one way to be righteous, and Paul um, says that. It, it, I could go on and on about the gospel, and, and, but there's only one way to be righteous. It's by faith in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say, because it's doing so much to me, I, I actually have to repent to Luke because he shared with me we were in South Carolina. South Carolina. I was uh, coming down there to help him move, and he said, man, this work of righteousness has really been doing something deep in me. And I said to him, yeah, I never really had an issue with that. You know, I, I know that I was born again, right? If you came from where, I, if, you, if you had come through what I had come through, I know I'm not the same person. Nobody has to convince me that I'm no longer the person that I was. I, I just, I'm 100% certain of it, right? And so I, I said, you know, I've really never had a problem with believing that I was the righteousness of God because I was, I'm sure of myself that I know me and I'm not the me that showed up on the day that Jesus found me. I'm somebody different. But what I didn't realize is the further that we got into this and the further he communicated how much I had been listening to and participating in a formula of religion that allowed me to still believe that God's promises are all true, but I'm going to have to do something to make them happen because they're not happening quick enough. God's promises are all true, but they're only true if you do, then God will do. Oh, nobody else. Yeah, quiet, because you were like, isn't that the way it works? No, that's not the way it works. God's promises are true because God promised them. God's promises are true because God is faithful. God's promises are true because, because God has determined beforehand that he would only that what he created and belonged to him would only operate under one order and function. And because God, because he ordered it to function in perfection, God's promises are true because if God did not bring all three things into redemption, God would be unjust to even condemn one to hell. That's one you'll have to go back and listen to on the podcast. Listen to me. God's promises are true because God only has one standard. It's the standard of God. So all things are to be made like God. And God promised that he would do it so that we would, so that the word would be in the earth and he would have a partnership again with man. He could do it all by himself, but because he designed it to operate through a union, it's going to only operate through a union. So what he did in us is first fruits of promise because God's promises are all true. True. You and I are a witness. Your redemption is a witness that God's promises are true. That's more important than you think. Because that's most of what all of the first cha five chapters of Romans is about. The first five chapters of Romans is all about proving this. 
that those that operated according to a religious system, according to the law, according to the way of thinking that, that, is, um, that is a scale of legal justice that says some are good and some are doing better and some are bad and some are not doing so well, that weighs up against one another and that weighs itself against whether it did well today or good yesterday and going to do better tomorrow, that those that measure up against that system, that they are a part of a religious system that is going to eventually only result in the continued judgment of God. But us, but we, by faith in Christ Jesus, you and I, because we have been invited into a grace or a space that transcends all of that, something so that Jesus could say he is both the author and the finisher of our faith. He invited us into the righteousness that he had. He invited us into the kingdom of Almighty God. He invited you and me. When he, when he called your name, did you know that he called you into promise? When he called your name and redeemed you, come on somebody. Has anybody been called by the, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about do you have a vocation. I'm talking about did he whisper your name. Did you know that when he called your name that he called you a promise? That when he called your name, that when he spoke to you and said, you are mine, come here. That what he invited you into, the Bible says that what he invited you into was a transcendent, a, a, a world that existed above the natural world, the new creation realm of which all of the promises are true. And you and I become not only no longer subject to the judgment of God, but now we become a part of the council that releases heaven. Did you know that that was the gospel? <laughs> that we have this first fruits in us. Hope does not uh, disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the witness that God's going to create, do all the promises. Listen, we were talking about promises all morning, right? Let me tell you how you can, this is what you need. If you don't get anything else, get this before you leave here. If you're wondering whether the promises of God are true, just reach down in you and ask, is the spirit of the living God in there? And say this, if he can do that, he can do anything. If he can do that, he can do anything. Every time you struggle to believe the word of God, reach down in you and say, if he could do that, he'll do anything. Because that's actually the reason why we are alive. Otherwise, why not just save us? I... Come on, if heaven's the goal, I, I do not have time to get this open, but I, I don't actually think that heaven is what you think heaven is. I, I, I don't want to mess with you too much, but... Um, yeah, um, one of the one of the things that I spoke, I said ten minutes. All right, I can't leave you like that, right? Um, all right, um, my seven year old daughter Brooke, right? So, 
she started saying, she started talking to me. You know, we had a lot of loss in one year, a couple of years ago. I'm going to land this plane shortly. Don't worry. We had a lot of loss a couple of years ago. And she, you know, um, death is confusing. Death is confusing to a seven-year-old, but death is confusing to all believers, right? And the reason why I believe that death is confusing is because it was never supposed to exist. I don't think there's a place in the redeemed mind to understand it, right? Because it never was supposed to exist, and one day it will not. So it is confusing, right? So I'm explaining to her, right? And um, one of the things that I, I never understood is why, why we go to funerals and lie. No, I, no, that, I, I know why we do that. Uh, no, why, why when we're, why, why, I mean, I know why you do that. I'm not going to do it, but uh, I, I, I but one of the things is I, I, I never understood why when we're in funerals, we talk about, we go to funerals and we talk about heaven in this way uh, that's, that's not cohesive with the scripture. So my seven-year-old daughter starts to talk to me. She starts to ask me, she's like, um, so daddy, where did such and such go? And I'm like, they went into the arms of the father. And they're like, um, are we going to see him again? Because when you're seven years old and people start dying and your dad don't have no hair and there's gray in his beard, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you just start to, you don't want to say it, but <laughs> you think it, right? So she starts, so she came up with this, right? She was like, daddy, if Jesus don't come back first, me, you, and mama, we all dying together. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what she, that was her plan, right? Well, that means you're going out young, but I'm, you know, whatever. I mean, your call, right? Uh, no, no. So she's like, we're all going out together. I'm like, we don't have to. And she said, what do you mean we don't have to? I said, we're going to live together forever. And she said, oh, you mean like in heaven? I said, oh, no, honey. No, 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 no. Heaven, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but we're going to live here forever. We're going to live here forever. We're going to dwell together in this imperfection. Did you know that? Uh, she says it all the time. My daughter says that all the time. She'll be telling somebody her age. She'll be like, did you know? We're going to rule and reign with Christ here. You know, it's going to be perfect, and we're all going to, the lion's going to lay down with the lamb, and we're going to, but we're going to live together here. And, and it gets exciting to her. She starts out, she's like, Daddy, tell me again, what will rainbows be like? <laughs> That's what she gets excited about, right? She don't even think about going to heaven and getting a rest from all of this. She looks for perfection to come here. She's looking for perfect. Hope is in the righteous begin to hope. It, it's inseparable. The resurrection, the Bible says, justified us and the, is the only thing that gives us hope. Paul said this, I of all men are most miserable if all I have is this life to hope in. 
But because of the resurrection, we now have a future hope. Romans says hope does not disappoint. I want to tell you this. You cannot be the right. You cannot have a revelation of you being finished and the Lord having fully accepted you without having a hope that is possible for him to do anything. Actually, without having a hope that he's going to redeem everything. You cannot live. We are not here because God wanted us to go through some trials and make some mistakes so that he can. Can I tell you this? He does not do that. He, Paul explicitly, go and read Romans. Go and read ch- about chapter number two. He says stuff like this. Well, if good is the way, if bad is the way the good comes, Because apparently they were saying something like what we do. You know, when we testify and we'd be like, um, you know, Dylan's like, hey, I was on drugs and I I was I was hopeless. I was helpless and and I could not save myself and there was nothing I could do. And I was at the end of my rope and I waved the white flag and Jesus showed up. Right. And they say. And so Paul is saying that 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 he had said something like that. I don't know what his looked like. We can read his testimony somewhere else. But it would, what he said happened is it'd be like if Dylan said that and everybody said, well, then let's go do drugs so we can get saved. <laughs> he does not do that. I don't know who needs to hear this in this room, but he is not abusing you to make you better. I don't know who needs to hear this, but he, he is not in that. He is not making you feel bad. He's not doing things to your life. He only can do one thing or else he can't judge the world. He can only redeem. He only makes perfect. If he doesn't do that, then he's unjust in every other judgment. But what he does, he does good. He does perfect and it's redemption. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to get you you into faith and we're going to go. Okay, are you ready? I want to tell you today, it's impossible to believe that you are the righteousness of God and not be full of hope. Because you and I are the first fruits of a new creation. I'm telling you, I'll say that more simply. When when God began the new kingdom, when he began his, when he inaugurated his kingdom and he invited all of us into the new creation, the kingdom has always been, it's a new creation. When he invited us into it, he started populating what will be forever. Do you hear me? He started populating the government which will increase and have no end. He started populating redemption. And I, I want to say it to you simply this way, if you don't take anything else home, I want, I want you to understand that every pro, there is not a promise in him that is maybe. They are all yes and amen. And if you need a witness, just reach down and remember the Holy Ghost, if the spirit of the living God can live in you, he can do anything. The witness that every promise is true is the spirit of the living God in you. The witness that is going to be not just good, but he's going to make it perfect is the spirit of God in you. The witness that we should have faith to believe that what he has set forth will not fail is the spirit of the living God in you. The witness that he is going to redeem and save the lost is the spirit of God in me. The witness that that healing is possible in this room today was not anything else other than the spirit of God in me. The spirit of God in you. That, that, that testament, that I want to say this over you, man of God. And I'm going I'm to I'm let everybody go. 
I don't know if you heard what you said today. But when you started talking about recognizing peace, I know you feel like your call was 20 years ago, but I've never seen you walk in the spirit the way you do today. Look at me. I know you and I know you well and we love each other. And I'm saying this to you by the spirit, right? You're more mature today than I've ever seen you. You were not something different then. You are more of what God made you to be today than you have ever been before. And it's the least amount of it that you'll ever be from this day forward. The witness, it, the, the fact that all the promises are true is witnessed right here. He won't fail. There's no variation in him. There's no shifting shadows. He, he doesn't move like that. He's not slack concerning his promises as some consider slack. He's going to do it all. And the witness is, you and I have the spirit of the living God. If he could implant that in me, he can do anything. If I can see that, I can see anything. Do you hear me today? This is the way every believer should think. Because faith is what we walk by, not by sight. And the witness of God speaks to us and says, all of His promises are yes and amen. Amen? Come on, would you stand to your feet? I want to bless you. Would you just, just take a moment and note that that what's going on in your spirit right now. And I want you to get faith. The reason why we're in here praying the promises is not because we needed something to do, but it's because it is the navigational roadmap of the coming of the fullness of God's kingdom. It is the reality that we live in. And I want you to just let that witness in your spirit begin to stir up for just a moment. And I want you to, once again, I want to just continue to access not just the promises that he spoke over you, but what if you believed every word like you believed it's true? I, I'm praying in the days to come that we're going to learn to read the Bible the way that it's meant to be read and, and, and that we're going to start to see that he's better than you ever imagined. And it's more finished than the finish that you thought it was. And he's, and he's more, and he's closer than you ever could have believed. And we are nearer than when we first believed. So I want you to let that witness in your belly right now, that the spirit of the living God in you that, that came to you and, and that when you began faith, that began to stir up in you. And I just want you to once again recognize that what he witnesses to is to the things of faith. And I want you to let that stir until you can trust it. Because the promise of God is that you, Christ in you, is the hope of glory. There's, there's glory in you. And I say to you, have faith to release it. There's glory in you. And I call out all of the doubting because there's glory in you. The earth has not yet seen the fullness of what you shall be. But you're being made into it, into the image of Christ. And it's coming by faith. And I'm calling us today as a people into faith. And I pray that the Spirit of God is stirring up in us. I had a whole message about Hagar. We'll get to that, but we need to get this first. I want you to guard your faith. And the way you guard your faith is you begin to recognize and remember the Spirit of the living God lives in me. 
Some of you have been out of joint because you've been disconnected because there hasn't been an agreement. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God in you knows who you are and what you're made to be. And you might be outside of faith, but He won't get outside of faith. So you need to come back into peace. I call you into peace today. Peace concerning the Word of God. Peace concerning your disunion. You, love, you know you're loved by God, but you can't see why it is the way that it is. Listen to me. Come into faith and believe. It's all working together for good. The increase of His government, there will be no end. All His promises are yes and amen. Have patience. Let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work. The fact that you even know God is a miracle. You're a walking miracle. What else could come from you? So I say over you, faith. I pray, Father, would you release the faith of God in this place today? Faith to believe like we haven't believed in some time. Faith not to believe for Father, faith not to believe for what for for what we want, but faith to believe that it's not just us imposing our will, but faith to believe that you who speak those th- see those things and speak those things that are not as though they are, that you have partnered with us in doing the same. So we speak redemption. We believe redemption. I pray that you would know Christ in you. And I pray that you would know that your eyes would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling. That is, I pray that your eyes are open and you begin to see redemption everywhere that you look. The glorious riches of the inheritance in the Satan. I pray over you today that there is, that there is redemption and glory everywhere that you look. That you see redemption and glory everywhere that you look. you don't see problem, you see hope. If you don't yet see hope, then get in faith. Where you don't yet see hope, I say, I say over you, get in faith that you, are the, that, that you are on assignment as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hope. Justification and hope working together. Hope. You can see it and see redemption hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, increase the measure of faith over us and hope. Give us eyes that see redemption. Eyes that see restoration. Eyes that see your glory in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can hug somebody before you go. I think we're going to, um, Miss Sierra, are you having, are we having lunch? Come on. We having, somebody said we having lunch in the coffee shop. If you want to stay, love on somebody until then. Adam brought the alligator ice cream. We love you. God bless you in Jesus name.